frost. The frost performs its secret ministry, unhelped by any wind. The owlet's cry came loud, and hark again, loud as before. The inmates of my cottage, all at rest, have left me to that solitude which suits abstruse musings. Save that at my side my cradled infant slumbers peacefully. Tis calm indeed. So calm that it disturbs and vexes meditation with its strange and extreme silentness. A reading life, a writing life with writer and teacher Sally Bailey. Produced by Andrew Smith. I wonder if my machine is working. Machine, are you working this morning? An absolutely beautiful spring morning. Standing by the window, watching the water fly by, directing itself, pointing arrows downstream as it courses by my window. Right in the middle of the river, there is a pool of light almost so bright I can barely look at it at the moment. It's as though the river has determined its own mind. Today we will be shiny and bright. We've been having so many squalls of wind and rain. Every afternoon for the last few days, the weather has broken and turned bad around lunchtime. The mornings have started off very firm and very bright, glittering away as the river does now. And I'm standing here considering this. Why is it that one is so easily distracted in the morning? You get up, you make tea, full of intentions to start your day well, and then you become distracted. It's almost as though a million tiny particles get inside your head and start to pull you apart. Thought life, never fully coherent, always splintering, always pulling you away. Pulling you away from a sense of Concentration, distillation, single purpose, to be joined up with nature, to be unified, to be whole, not to be apart from that river glittering and shining in front of me as the sun hits the surface, not to be separate be the same, to be the same, 
And as I stand here considering these things, I'm starting to focus a little more. I'm thinking about the students I have coming to see me today for mentoring work on their poetry. And I'm considering how many students want some kind reader to enter into their lives, someone who can understand what it is they are trying to achieve as a writer. And how many of us long to write and to be read and heard. And how many of us are looking for a voice. And how costly it is in the modern world to find that opportunity, and there goes my kettle, the opportunity to be heard, the opportunity to be read, and the opportunity to make some time away from the distractions of the everyday world and to go underneath the waves, as I think of it, underneath the surface of life, to spend some time apart developing your own course, your own particular sense of concentration. I've been considering creating a set of audio retreats Something like the podcast, but going a little deeper so that listeners can be given some prompts and some methods and some guidance, perhaps into finding a way to go deeper with their own reading and writing and contemplative life. So it's the beginning of thinking about that this morning as I stand here making my third cup of tea watching the shimmering river fly by. But Sally, concentrate. How do I start to concentrate, I wonder? How do I start to go under? Well, sometimes it is to do with just looking at something as though I were starting to meditate, watching the same shape of bright light in front of me, made by the stream, the river's stream, and watching the shapes turn and turn and turn until I start to see circles, not just lines, but circles, something shaping and something forming. I suppose I do practice a kind of visual meditation most mornings. I stand for a few moments and I try to collect together the information, the sensory information from the world around me and hold my gaze upon a particular space. And see now the river is turning into something else and the shape is moving towards me, the turning circle, the Gaia, as William B. Yeats would say, the Gaia, the wheel turning round and round, the circle of life, that force in the centre of the river, the centrifugal force, the tide I suppose you would say if you were at sea, the flow the flow, that's what we want. We writers, we readers, those of us who like to gather our thoughts into words, we look for the flow, 
the flow takes some practice. I'm standing here quite still now, watching the same shapes move towards me. I hold my gaze. Particles of light breaking apart, coming my way. Words do that too, they come your way once you start to focus upon your shape and your form. And I think I'd like to experiment with creating a series of audio pieces that allow my listeners to start to produce their own set of words, their own set of thoughts, concentrated thoughts. So I'm considering beginning in earnest a set of deeper audio pieces that will be a little closer, I suppose, to a retreat retreat, to move backwards and away from the world, to step backwards, to move away from the jobs and the chores and the daily tasks, to take time out to consider who it is you are and what it is you are doing. An audio retreat that comes through your ears, but perhaps also stirs up your other senses, your sight and your sense of sound and touch. Perhaps your memory begins to stir and awake and let's see what happens after that. An audio retreat. Usually these sorts of events cost a great deal of money, but I think that I could produce something with the help of Andrew Smith, the brilliant producer, something far more compact and economical that people can listen to in certain segments of their day. So I wonder how many of you would be up for that. There goes the siren, rushing past my window. So often a siren, calling us away. I must go back to my river, back to my pool of light and start to concentrate on what it is I want to write today. a poem because this is often the way I start to concentrate, bring my mind into order, 
start to retreat from the world, the distractions of the noises and the sounds going around. The birds outside, they're loud, they're very loud. And so I look at Frost at Midnight by Samuel Taylor Coleridge. I instinctively reach for that poem because I associate it with the act of retreating into a private world of calm, pulling away from the noises of the world around that enter into the speaker's ears. The frost performs its secret ministry, unhelped by any wind. The owlet's cry came loud and hark again, again. loud as before, loud as before. I make my silly owl noises because, in fact, Coleridge's poem invites me to do that, to hear the echo of the bird calling outside his cottage window. And so the speaker of this poem creates a space and retreats into his own mind where he creates a separate space for himself. He tells us is filled with abstruse musings. Abstruse meaning obscure, not fully understood yet, not fully worked out, not fully known. The sorts of musings I suppose we have as a writer when we're first starting out or even as a reader before you fully understand what it is you are reading, what it is you are formulating in your mind. Abstruse, not known or understood by, by many others. Not known or understood by others your own private musings kept apart from the world that require some kind of retreat into solitude not known or understood by many people. The frost performs its secret ministry unhelped by any wind. The owlet's cry came loud and hark again, loud as before. The inmates of my cottage, all at rest, have left me to that solitude which suits abstruser musings. Save that at my side my cradled infant slumbers peacefully. Tis calm indeed, so calm that it disturbs and vexes meditation with its strange and extreme silentness. Thank you for listening to A Reading Life, A Writing Life with writer and teacher Sally Bailey. Produced by Andrew Smith.
if you've enjoyed this podcast. Please like it, give us a review, or mention us to friends or on social media. Thank you.